The NBA playoffs are here. I'm super excited for Knicks Hawks. Scott, how do you think New York will guard Trey Young? Well, Neil, I, <clears throat> I think they'll bring a hard trap, force the ball out of his hands. episode 163 of Wolves Cast, the show that was ready for this season to be over, but not as ready as David Vanterpool. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. He got out of there. He's out. Whew. It's a shame. I saw Terry Stotts was doing a little bit better job at the end of the season. He might keep his job. Vanterpool oh. is probably keeping his eye on that spot, though. You know, and everyone's saying the Trailblazers have been treading water for too long under Terry. Yeah, I wonder, uh, I wonder where we'll see uh, uh, Mr. Vanterpool. Um, someday again, will he be a head coach or will he be joining someone else's bench? I don't know. We'll see what the vacancies are after the playoffs, I guess. There's always one or two more than you think, though, so you might have, uh, you might have a shot there to find something. I mean, that's what everybody says. Hey, he's, he's one of the next guys, so. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot can change based on a playoff series, you know. Like yeah. Doc got fired with the Clippers flame out again. Maybe Ty Lue gets fired. Who knows? <sighs> so many things could happen. Um, but yes, wishing uh, David Vanterpool the best. Um, Thank you, you know. for keeping us as a bottom ten defense in your entire tenure here. <laughs> you could you, not, you defensive whiz. Yeah, you could not. Uh, you were no match for the Timberwolves. Uh, you you know, know, poor personnel. <laughs> don't take it personally. You know, we've had greater men have tried and failed. You know, Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, we yeah. saw what he did with New York just one season. Even he couldn't get the Timberwolves playing defense. You know, Rick Adelman couldn't get the Timberwolves playing defense. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what like the highest they finished in like the last ten years. Like the Wolves in defensive efficiency, like twentieth maybe in one of those Tibbs years. Yeah. Like that's that's probably uh, that's probably that. But uh, but yeah, everybody, welcome to Wolves Cast. We're here for uh, one more show this season. The year is over. The final the final game has been played for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Ooh. I was like, Neil, I'm going to look that up. Defensive rating, probably the playoff year. We were 27th in defensive rating the year we went to the playoffs under Tim. No. So, oh, the reality Somehow. is even worse than the joke. <laughs> um, yeah, so the uh, year's over, but uh, we got to we got to wrap it all up. We got to look back. We have to uh, reminisce. Over, uh, you know, I don't know. Do you reminisce over terrible things? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> you can you reminisce know? over Rem- tough re- times. Reminisce over the tough times. Exactly. We'll we'll, uh, yeah. we'll look back and laugh. Well, you know, in the future, <laughs> once we're such a successful franchise that yeah. these, this decade of losing will be, you know, uh, remember when frivolous in yeah. hindsight. But uh, yeah, I love looking back. You know, I, I love uh, you know. I'm a big fan. New Year's Eve is one of my favorite holidays. Mm-hmm. So you look back, you get a party, you get to look forward kind of what we're doing tonight you yeah, know yeah so not quite the uh ending to the season that necessarily we would have wanted at the beginning of the season but you know i think that is more encouraging than maybe we felt like it was going to be in january totally yeah um so yeah we'll do full court press we'll talk about uh, surprising and disappointing players we're going to uh, get into our favorite moments of the season uh, as few and far between as they may be and then uh, some of our favorite games uh, you know, lots of things like that, and then the state of the franchise. Talk a little bit about where we think stand, where we think things stand right now. Uh, we have a sponsor. We are going to predict it. Right, we have a summer coming up, an off season, and so we need to make some predictions about what might happen um, in the off season. And then Wolfies and uh, one more game, and uh, wow, that's uh, that's that's what this show is going to be. But before we do that, let's uh, let's look back at this week and just see where the Wolves finished 
in the lottery situation and uh, sort of what their uh, yeah what their very very end of the year looked like. So yeah, they went uh, two and one that last week. Uh, you know, beating uh, I forget who they beat. They beat Dallas and then whoever they had before Boston. Uh, uh, maybe I can't remember. Maybe it was New Orleans and they lost that game. Maybe that's what it was. Um, so yeah, so they had some some tough teams to play there, but they finished twenty three and forty nine. Uh, that's uh, that's tough. I, oh, I should have looked to see what our predictions were for how many games the team will win. <laughs> should have gone back. And I think grabbed I, that I one. vaguely remember we were both on the under because the over under was yes. like thirty or something, like okay. 31, 32. Yeah, I think my prediction was twenty nine wins. Okay. So it didn't hit that. You also, I think, were in the high twenties, Neil. But yeah, did not hit that. They were in low twenties. So yeah, Scott, what does the Timberwolves uh, lottery odds look like based on where they finished? For a while there, we were like, no way. They're going to be in the bottom three. We're good. Instead, they go all the way back to sixth. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. But what do the odds look like uh, for a team It was Denver sixth? we lost to Okay, Boston. there you go. Yep. Before that, we had beaten Detroit. So yeah, one we and two. We talked about one that on last week. week's pod, though. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, got to win that last game of the season. That's all that really matters, you know? And so... Yeah, finished up, like you said, 23-49. That makes us finish. We fell or climbed, depending on your view, to the sixth worst record in the NBA. That's right. We're not even bottom five anymore, people. 24th best record. That's how good we are. That's how good the team is. So, unfortunately, that did take us out of that plum lottery positioning. But like we said, all season long, it's been a theme. If this is your first episode of the season, the Timberwolves lose their pick if they do not get a top three lottery selection. So if we had the one of the bottom three records in the NBA, that would be about a 40% shot of keeping our pick. Um, we don't have that anymore. We have fallen to about 27.6% chance to land in the top three and keep the pick. So it's about a swing of about 13%. That's the cost of all this winning and optimism and hope. Good vibes. The, franchise. the good vibes. That's the cost of the good vibes. Um, but like I said, uh, you know, there's... We weren't going to get that pick anyways. That's the band uh, wagon I've been riding all year is already say goodbye to that. So it's no big deal for me. Plus, I told Neil, I went on Tankathon once <laughs> after the season was over. Final record. Going to look at all standings. I hit Sim one time, and Timberwolves got the number one pick. Just hit it one oh, time. Mark it down. That's it right there. Neil, let's do boom, it. Boom. Let's do it live on the mic. Let's do it. Okay. Got it pulled up right here. You're going to do it again? Sim lottery. Sim lottery. Ooh, we are down at... Five. No, nine. Nine. <laughs> I think there's like a 0.1% chance of that. And that's great. I didn't even include it in our notes because it's like po- it's less than a 1%. <laughs> Which is great because that means Golden State gets yeah, the ninth pick. We're not going to be top three. We're we not going to regret be, that one, yeah. you know. If Go you ahead and take the number three, nine You want to be as low as possible. So. Yeah, the, everything, the, what everybody's afraid of is us giving the number four pick to Golden State. But number nine, whatever. That's not going to haunt us. Whatever. Plus, we bucked the trend. First time in franchise history, we moved up in the lottery last year to number one. Plus, we just did the Timberwolves sale. So if you're one of those conspiracy people, which I try not to be, especially now that conspiracy theorists are all over in our country and actually have a massive impact on our popular culture, I've been trying to distance myself from that. But I still have a little conspiratorial bone over the NBA draft lottery. You know, how could how could you not? If you've been a fan for the Timberwolves and never moved up until last season, you've got to have some conspiracy theories to explain that. So some conspiracy theories that go in our favor. One, we did all this winning at the end. That's good karma. That's you right. Know, the it, basketball gods were appeased. Exactly. So they're going to smile on us for if playing hard until the bell, you know. 
And also, we have the brand new owners. What do you do to brand new owners is you give them number one pick. It worked for New Orleans when they got sold. They, yeah. they all of a sudden wound up with Anthony Davis. How did that happen? You know. So uh, hopefully that new owner, uh, the league will fix it for you. Welcome to the NBA, Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, the new owner magic. So we also have that working for us. So I don't feel too bad about the lottery. We'll definitely you know, have to have a pod when the draft lottery does happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe do something live because it's always so exciting, the draft lottery. It's like the most nerve-wracking five minutes of my year. You know, <laughs> We'll be back from commercial break to see you know like yeah it's the number one pick that's that's always you know my wife laughs at me because i'm not very superstitious but everybody remember what clothing you were wearing during last year's draft lottery because yeah. you gotta wear it all again you or gotta the, wear the exact yeah. same outfit or the town's here i was, I was <laughs> yeah i was wearing my town's jersey so i will be wearing it again this year and let's just repeat the superstition get another one number one pick come on so yeah so the wolves have uh, if you look at every selection possible they basically have about a 10 percent chance of getting one two three four and six some reason they can't do five just on the way way things work so they have you know between a eight and a half percent chance and like a nine and a half percent chance on each of those slots but then they have a 29 almost a 30 percent chance to be seventh so that's like the most likely slot that they will be in Mm -hmm. essentially it's the most likely thing is that one team jumps uh, over them all um so that's interesting um and then yeah 3.8 percent chance to pick eighth so they'll be somewhere one through eight except for five. <laughs> and we will find out uh, that on June 22nd, Scott, uh, that is uh, that is just about a month away, a okay. month and, and a few days. So Seems we're long, counting down time here. Time will fly. Yep. Time always flies. It'll go flies, by fast, you know? and uh, it'll be halftime of some playoff game, and uh, whew, it'll, be, uh, it'll be a wild one. Once again, everyone, we're not keeping our pick. But if we do, drinks on me. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, all right, let's get into Full Court Press. Here's the tip. It's our season recap, season in review, um, and we're going to start it off by listing um, some of our surprising and disappointing players this year. Now, these are uh, kind of uh, set in the, you know, the you know, relative to expectations for this season as far as surprising and disappointing um, players go. And uh, well, let's start. Let's start out on a positive note here, Scott. Let's start with surprising. And uh, it's all it all it all has to begin, I believe, with uh, Jaden McDaniels. Oh, yeah. Right? I, we should have. You know, I went through a lot of old pots preparing for tonight's. I did not go back to our draft reactions. I'm sure our reactions <laughs> right, on right. Jaden would be very underwhelming because, yes. you know, we're saying, oh, who is this guy with the 28th pick? I want Trey Jones was still on the board, everybody. And instead, we picked this guy who was a highly touted high school prospect, but, but was so bad in college that he ended up coming off the bench. He had like the most technical fouls in the country or something his senior year of high school, his college, his one year in college. So it's like, oh, here we got this hothead who's going to come in here, not be able to control his temper. And once again, was recruited to college and ended up coming off the bench. That's a pretty bad sign. So we were just like, this is another example of Rosas betting on that high school pedigree like he did with Nas Reed and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, pick, pick up some of those guys who were the top rank of their class coming out of high school but had a bad year in college and, you know, saw their, their draft stock fizzle out. And lo and behold, what we got here was a new fan favorite, you know? I'm not sure if he's quite like Anthony Edwards' level of fan favorite, but the the love for this guy is incredible on Twitter. And I think it's because what he does, we haven't had in a very, very long time. Because, you know, what Ant does is score a lot of points in exciting ways, you know? And we've had a lot of great players who have been able to do that over the past decade, whereas we haven't had a stopper. Somebody who just plays, like, such good defense. And it's crazy to see it coming out of him. 
Man, talk about a guy who put on a little muscle throughout the season. That is something you don't normally see. Uh, Usually, whatever weight you are coming into the season, you're going to be less than that at the end of the season just because of how grueling an NBA season is. But by the end of the season, he was looking thicker, you know, than he was at the beginning of the season. And but the thing was, he was such a beanpole at the beginning of the season. We thought, how is this guy going to ever play defense against bigger opponents? They're just going to be able to stomp all over him. And we found out that he's great at moving his feet. He's great at uh, you know playing a style of defense where he's always in your face, but he's not like. He's not going to like back you down, you know, or, you know, he's not going to get physical with you, but he just is really good at anticipation, putting his arms, his very long arms in the right places and, you know, the anticipation. And like I said, great foot movement. So it's just like, I can't think of the last time the Wolves had kind of a wing stopper and like Jaden McDaniels. And this is a rookie, 19, you know? Yeah, that's the most amazing thing is that it's so hard to be good on defense, you know, right away, um, even for, you know, even for players sort of with, you know, with his long arms and sure, he's really light in the shorts, but man, he's really, you know, he's got the, he's got the wingspan and all the intangibles in that kind of way, but it's still shocking to any sort of body type guy or whatever to be, you know, this, uh, you know, this just like instinctual on defense uh, right out of the, right out of the gate. So that's easily the most impressive thing and then you know you also add uh add the shooting in there and a pretty stroke from Jaden mcdaniels you know uh, he he uh you know hit so many threes i feel like he was just so consistent too it wasn't really even a it wasn't even really a situation where it was you know streaky shots or anything like that it was just man he was just he was just lining them up and you know it seemed like he had like one or two a game he just didn't really have a you know there's a lot of guys on this team who uh, kind of went through peaks and valleys as far as their their shooting goes and stuff but he, had he was one just cold, solid he had a cold stretch for like four games okay you know? yeah like it wasn't that bad yeah he, he did deal with a little bit of injury towards the end of the season had to miss a few games but yeah once again it's just like Everyone talks about, we've talked about it on the pod, what or do we want to get every offseason? Three and D guys. We need three and D guys. And we always end up getting three guys or D guys, or, and they can't really do the other half yeah. of that equation. So to find someone in the draft, 28th pick, so you're, he's barely making any money. You've got him under so control. Good. And he can deliver that immediately, be above average on three and way above average on D? It's like, oh my God, what a what a diamond in the rough. Yeah, so thirty six percent from three on uh, just over three uh, attempts per game, pretty good there, and uh, should should be able to scale up with that. You know, not too many off the dribbles, mostly catch and shoot, but you know, still pretty good. That's the other thing you like about him is that you know, and that's kind of the idea of the three and D you know archetype anyway, is that they're they're so low usage, right? You don't need to like run plays for them. They're just like catch and shoot guys. They're going to fill in all the gaps. They're going to get rebounds. They're going to do other things like that so so i really like obviously what we saw from uh you know uh, from mcdaniels this year if if and, we uh, have he was easily the biggest surprise the people right people listening let's have a you know youtube highlight mixtape of Jaden defense give me all the blocks because he blocks yeah. some major players you know yeah. it was kind of like and had the big moments where he hit a three over lebron or he faked out mellow and then did the, did the mellow trademark on mellow but like Jaden mcdaniel had all those moments on the defensive end he blocked some major superstars in this league and just suffocating defense so come on youtube content creators give me that Jaden mcdaniel's rookie year mixtape let's go all right next guy uh anthony edwards has to be has to be well, i bet um, i'll be a one from day one 
Yeah, he was. Uh, he had a really. I think so. I think it's surprising, even though he was number one overall pick. You know, I guess it's kind of hard to list a number one overall pick as totally surprising. It feels like this is maybe what you want them to be, but I think maybe a little bit of this was colored by you know, sort of not a slow start, but really just uh, a steady kind of growth trajectory throughout the whole year, where you're like, yeah, this is this is good, and then just like kept getting slightly better as the year went on and more and more impressive as it went along. So I feel like that is sort of. Um, where the surprise comes in is that there was no really plateau or there was no like dip and it was uh, kind of consistent growth uh, throughout the year to the point where he won the last three rookie of the month in the Western Conference. So yeah, I that's what we like to see. From it's Edwards. fair to say he's surprising. And yeah, he was picked number one. So maybe that comes with it. It wasn't like consensus. Number one. Wasn't it wasn't consensus one of those number years, one. There was know? no consensus. Number one. Yeah. Really. In and fact, this, most people like Baltimore. Exactly. You know? yeah. And this draft class was more of a mystery than ever before because of the pandemic. There was no NCAA tournament. There was no summer league. You know, there was a lot of the ways you would scout these players. We had no idea. So until game one of the NBA season, or I guess the preseason, you know, we had nothing to base our expectations on of Ant except for some footage from some college games, you know. So it was more than ever very hard to know and hard to have expectations about him. So I do think that there was a way for him to be surprising. But yeah, even the first couple months, you know, those were the tough months for the Timberwolves. It was Cat was out, you know, after the second game of the season. And nobody in the front court was playing well. That was the where are you, Wancho? You know, <laughs> maybe Ed Davis, maybe yeah. not. It's like nothing was working in the front court. So it was basically just night after night of watching D'Lo and Malik try to figure out a way to score enough points. <laughs> and, you know, it was just a really bad time of the season. And Ant was coming off the bench. He really didn't know his role yet, you know, and it wasn't later until. You know, I think it was when D'Lo got injured that Ant really started finding his minutes and finding his way. Um, so, yeah, even if the first you took a look at the first 10, 15 games of the season, compare that Ant to the Ant we got post Chris Finch. It's a completely different player. And also, you know, the personality. We all had heard the stories. Oh, Ant, he likes football more than basketball. He's not, you know, that that ESPN, yeah. I think it was, story that really kind of screwed him over at pre-draft where he said that he likes football more. Yeah, you're right. And that, everyone, that did add to the narrative, and that's, why I think, why the surprise is there Right, more. and instead he's the most gregarious, outgoing, not just rookie, but already one of the most outgoing players in the league. His, yeah. his post-game press conference became the stuff of social media, media legend, you know, you go on our NBA, uh, the subreddit, and there'd be people talking ant talk just because of all the fun sound bites he has. So I think that was also like the buoyancy and the attitude. Like he's the mood leader of this team. Yeah. And nobody could have expected that, especially once we get this. We, we didn't know who he was. The draft profile was like, oh, he lost his mother and his grandmother. He, don't, he doesn't really like basketball. He likes football. And it's just like we didn't know what to expect from this kid, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, all right. The next two guys here, Nas Reed and uh, and uh, B. Beasley, um, you know, I think we kind of put them together. They're kind of tied, or I think you said you'd have Beasley over Reed as far as more surprising. But, uh, you know, Beasley, um, obviously a fantastic shooting season. Uh, you know, a lot of people thought, you know, maybe, uh, you know, last season with the Wolves. Was that, was that, was that fake? Who knows? Malik from Mankato! <laughs> yeah, instead he was, uh, yeah, ripping it. Ripping it uh, from Mankato. I'll admit it. I mean, when the, both those deals came through, I said... Wancho deal is terrible. I have lost almost all faith in Chris uh, in Gerson Rosas because of this terrible Wancho deal. But also at the time I said, 
I think this is an overpay for Malik Beasley. You know, yeah, you can say we've got them on these contract figures so that it can fit into trades. But I said, if you have, if they're not worth the money they're making, that means we have to make a worse trade, attach picks and stuff to get off of them. So I was, I was uh, saying, Wancho, terrible deal. Malik, probably a bad deal. And immediately Malik proved me wrong. He yeah. is a bargain now at that contract. He looks like a very movable piece because if he can keep up that level of play that we saw from this year, Without the suspension, without the domestic terrorism charges hanging over his head, he's going to be a very attractive person to every other team and including the Timberwolves. So, yeah, I just yep. did, I didn't think we were going to see Malik keep that performance going from last season, like you said, but he did more. Yeah, he really did. And uh, yeah, especially after that contract, it was uh, good to see him kind of go above and beyond that. And uh, really show that consistency, and uh, you know, didn't, didn't didn't bring much defensively, but not that wasn't really I expected. Didn't, uh, yeah, but he did bring effort defensively, which is kind of worse when you see a guy trying really hard and being that bad. You almost want him to be that bad without trying, because then you can say, well, if he tried, then he could play some defense. But it's almost worse to see Malik really hustling his butt off and not <laughs> accomplishing yeah. anything. But he did bring more energy and effort to the defensive end than I thought. Yeah, and then Nas was just someone who. You know, I think it's uh, he's taking, uh, you know, I feel like he's taking big steps, but he's kind of taking also natural steps in his progression, you know, based on his age and things like that. But, you know, he, again, it was the consistency with him and just the ability to, um, you know, just be efficient on the offensive end and, uh, you know, get, really get it done inside and, you know, lots of nasty dunks and uh, just a lot of just again, just improvement from all, you know, in his body. I mean, that was the main thing people talked about was him improving, uh, you know, the his, his jumping ability and sort of his, his movement and, and things like that. So that's what you like to see from, especially from someone who's a little undersized. You, if you're undersized, you got to be able to move, right? You can't be, oh. you know, slow footed and undersized. He's so he a little a little bit of that. more undersized this season yeah, with exactly. all the weight he lost. lost Talk about commitment. I mean, yeah. he was already kind of found gold unsigned, you know, free, free agent after the draft, you know, because nobody drafted him and we loved what we got out of him last year. But as key sane on Twitter at Filante points out, Nas upped his field goal percentage from 41% his rookie year to 52% this year. He averaged 21 points, 8.6 rebounds, 2 assists, plus 2 blocks per 36, and cleared the league average in PER and win shares. So a huge step up in year two for Nas. And just seeing, I think, the visual element of seeing him lose that weight, and it gives you an idea of how committed he is to improving his game because it takes commitment to drop that much weight, and he put in the work. And so that gets me excited because if he's willing to put in that work for one offseason, you think he's going to do it again next offseason. So if he made this big of a leap in year two, I can't wait to see what happens in year three for Nas Reed. Yeah, he can just keep on going. Still so young, and yeah, he's uh, under contract next year for under $2 million. Um, and then uh, the next year as well, looks like it's an option year there. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. So yeah, lots more growth from Nas, hopefully coming soon. Um, all right, quickly, the disappointing players uh, this year. We have uh, Wancho, Hernan Gomez, Ricky Rubio, and Jake Lehman. Those are kind of the the big three of right. all disappointing uh, for Various, they kind of all have different situations here, don't they, Scott? Like, uh, yeah. Wancho, see, si, senor. We'll start so with we'll Wancho. Yeah, yeah. Came into the season out of shape. You know, it's hard to judge a lot of these people. Like Ricky and Cat came in out of shape, but they had COVID over the break. And Wancho was out shooting a movie with Adam Sandler. Uh, oh, forgot about that. Can't yeah. wait to see that. When's when that, that comes come out? out, I'm all not right. sure, yeah. but we'll Next see it year. eventually. Uh, and so I don't know if it was that or anything else, but he came in clearly out of shape, was unplayable the first couple of weeks of the season. Like, seriously, as bad as a basketball player could look on the court and just still be on a team. 
really seemed like a waste of money on that contract. And then, the, you know, after Chris Finch came, uh, he started playing Wancho more, and Wancho had some really good stints in limited minutes, and seemed like he was really playing himself back into shape, kind of got into shape for the last, like, 15 games of the season. <laughs> Just in time. Just in time. So, yeah, it's a shame that a lot of our players, and we'll talk about another one next, who had the same thing going, where I was like, they seem to get into shape finally for the fat last you know, quarter of the season, and then that's kind of a bummer because then they start playing at the level. So before that, Wancho, like I said, unplayable. Um, definitely a guy we pay in $7 million a year. You expect him to be in your rotation, and for a large portion of the season, we couldn't even do that. So it's nice to see him finish the season strong, but woof, what a forgettable season from Wancho. Yeah, and the next guy, Ricky Rubio, like you mentioned, a little out of shape to start, a little, uh, you know, just – not really in the flow of things. Uh, missed the bubble with the Suns the year before, um, again due to COVID and, and other stuff. And uh, his role was all over the place at the beginning of the season. Yeah, coming off the bench hard. for a few games, starting with D'Lo, yeah. then starting without D'Lo. It's yeah. you know coming off the bench for like the first time in his career, really. I think you know. So yeah, you know, it's it's tough for for a player to kind of adjust to that, especially you know coming back to Minnesota where you were the you know you were the, the kid genius or whatever for a while. <laughs> and Ricky, he thrived in the system, you know, and beginning of the season, we didn't really have a system. Ryan Saunders, whatever you would call that. I don't think it was a system. So Ricky really struggled for the first half of the season because he needs players to know what their roles are for Ricky to improve them. And that's where Ricky thrives is when everyone knows what their role is. Ricky is a maestro of or- of conducting that orchestra. But if you have a bunch of young guys who had no summer league, had no training camp really to speak of, it's just a lot of fly by your seat of your pants kind of stuff. And Ricky's not as good at that. So um, I was disappointed. You know, when we traded for him, I was very excited. You know, came on the pod the next day and mm-hmm. talked about all the ways I thought this would be a good synergy and you know I hate to admit it but at the end of the season I would think it might have been a mistake to trade for Ricky you know yeah totally but it makes sense that his you know he got better you know when he was given a more consistent role you know I think that that really led to him kind of finishing more average you know I don't think he was ever like great but he definitely got back to closer to what you expected uh, from him uh, sort of later in the year and stuff like that. Again, it pairs up nicely with when kind of other players got healthy and they're at full strength. So yeah, you had Chris yeah. Finch coming in and running a system. You there know? you go. And so yeah. plays into his strengths. And like we said, Ricky had COVID over the offseason. So definitely another guy who in March was hitting all these threes. And we're like, who is this Ricky Rubio? He's, <laughs> you know, he's actually finishing his layups because he's got that extra half step faster because he's in shape. So once again, kind of had to play himself into shape this season. Just kind of the necessity of this weirdo season but uh you know have a have a bad feeling he won't be back next season and then layman just someone who's kind of an end of the bench guy anyway he you know, started he started I, yeah, the season starting yeah but you know again just you know based on his contract and and stuff like that like you know not necessarily you know they had high hopes for him but you know not necessarily someone who's uh you know irreplaceable or they really you know they had they had a number of other you know guys who could kind of kind of fill in for what he was doing but you know i don't know he I guess he got a, a second a second life in the beginning of the chris finch era but then kind of fell back down to earth again. And I don't know, just just a tough, tough year for him trying to make the rotation and be consistent enough on both ends to get it done. You know, he hit a couple shots, had some nice dunks, but he just was not good enough. You know, I you know it's it's kind of funny because he you know he had that kind of quote later in the year about you know kind of playing for his career and playing for his space in the in the NBA and I I don't know that he belongs in the NBA anymore. You know, he's uh, I believe he's he's up now, right? His contract is up. They signed him to a two year deal two years ago. I think we have him for one more year. Okay, yeah. So on like three million, so very easy to get 
off of that. So we'll see if, if he can to. if he can see the floor. I mean, he's a good guy to have around, good body to have, and everything. You know, a swing man. But uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like Layman has much to offer an NBA team. Anymore. If we cut out Ashton Hagens. There's only two Timberwolves who played fewer minutes this season than Jake Lehman. Wow. You know? Can you name them? Uh, fewer than Lehman, Ed yep. Davis. That's one of them. And uh, Culver? Culver's the other one. There we go. Uh, Lehman played uh, 627 minutes this season. Culver, 499. Ed Davis, 299. Very nice. He's hitting up. Onward to favorite moments, favorite games. So let's start with the games, Scott. Um, I don't think it gets any better. Well, maybe it does. But for me, when I, the first thing I thought about was the first weekend, right? The first, I don't know if it was an actual weekend, first two games. <laughs> yeah. I think it was like a Wednesday and a Friday. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, yeah. First two games. Uh, I remember uh, sitting in your basement uh, watching that first game, comeback win in oh, Detroit. Detroit was playing so badly. It was uh, like, are we really going to lose this yeah, game today? Yeah, really. And then uh, going, uh, taking and continuing on the road and uh, winning in Utah uh, for our first of a couple wins against Utah this year. And uh, that, we're flying high after that but unfortunately towns got hurt in that game yeah. and uh that's when things went downhill but for a few nights it was really fun and we're like well what i if? mean also just carrying you know the momentum off utah every utah game this year this season we swept them number one seed in the western conference dropped three games to your minnesota timberwolves all three of them were fun and so just watching the wolves take out some big teams i know obviously the number one seed utah jazz beat them three times Number two seed, Phoenix Suns. We went into their home, the Talking Stick Resort Arena. That's right. And we snatched a win from them on their home court with Towns and Ant both scoring 40 points in that game. Incredible. Ant, Such a fun career night. Career high, 42 points. And yeah, that was just when you got both your your stars just rocking like that and you're beating a good team. Oh, that's That's got to be a good memory of the season. Yeah, that's, that's a great combo there. Um, Wolves Warriors. Edwards had uh, 18 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, to lead the Wolves to the win. Uh, this was in early April, uh, I believe, 126-114. Ant was just quiet all first three quarters. Like, where's the Ant-Man at? Steph came alive in the third, <laughs> scoring all these points. Like, yeah. it was just, you know, yeah. you know how Steph you know does. How We've do. all seen Steph, yeah. where he just, like, either he has a 90-second stretch where he falls into 12 points or something, exactly. you know? Yeah. And it's just like, oh, man, there goes our lead. He's turning it on now. We're done. In the fourth quarter, <laughs> Ant says no. Scores 18 of, like, our 25 points in the fourth quarter, gets that win. And he's just like unstoppable yeah and then uh chris finch's first win uh lost his first five uh you know at the helm of the timberwolves things looked pretty bad there they had the all-star break uh i think then they uh you know had, had one more loss and then uh finally got that win first win blowout win um in new orleans 135 to 105 nice because chris used to work there in new orleans for the pelicans um as an assistant coach so Good big blowout win uh, right there, and uh, got uh, got Chris uh, Finch his first dub of his uh, head coaching career right there, and then everybody dumped water on him. So always fun to get the locker room celebration. Oh yeah, and then another minor one. It was a loss, but we went to we went to Philadelphia. And Joel Embiid started acting the fool. Oh, the tried, Royal Rumble. He picked up Cat and threw him down That's like a wrestling right. move. That's right. Kept doing all this childish stuff to get under Cat's Not skin. Not a basketball game. And for once... For one time, Cat finally rose above it. Could, could not be clowned into you know into playing Joel's game. So Ended proud up of him. Getting thirty nine points. It was a loss, but it was one where we didn't have any players really. Just a heroic effort from Cat and a level of maturity we've been dying to see. So uh, that was a definitely a memorable game as well. So yeah, that, those were those were uh, some of the highlight wins. Let us know what uh, which uh, which games are. I guess not. They weren't all wins even. So uh, let us know what games you remember most uh, from this season. But let's talk about some moments. 
guests' favorite moments or favorite sort of just like overall things uh, from this year. Um, I don't know if this is in the right order, but uh, Anthony Edwards' quotes and dunks this year, Scott. I don't know which was better. I feel like I was actually more entertained by his quotes and his personality. Oh, yeah. And the dunks were just sublime as well. Don't get me wrong. Uh, dude can jump out of the gym. He's fantastic Ooh. and just so so aggressive with it, too. Watanabe. Uh, the I'm Watanabe sorry. dunk oh. was, whoo, that was the one. That one can't be beat, although he had a number of other contenders. He had one on Wiseman at Golden oh, State yeah. earlier in the season. Yeah, totally. So, you know, uh, the dunks were, are definitely on this list too but the quotes and the press conferences where he's talking about french fries where he is kind of joined by his teammates and they're all goofing around his his ability like you said to sort of you know just kind of take on any sort of question and just give you that ant charm marnie asking how good he'd be at different sports and him just saying i'd be good at all of them lacrosse you know Soccer, swimming, it's just like sports he doesn't even know how to play. He's just, he's 100% confident. Yeah, I'd be good at that too. Anything, anything. Marty keeps listening off sports, anything. Yeah, I'll, beat, I'll beat you in that. Yeah, that's, um, yes, he is a... He's a confident young man, and I don't know. There's something just about the Atlanta, the Atlanta, you know, twang he's got going on mm-hmm. there. It's just a great, you know, kind of reminds me of Andre 3000, just the way he talks. Where, where and do stuff. where do Popeye's fries rank on your list? They top four. <laughs> top four. They top four. Yeah. So I just love the way he talks too. Like it's so entertaining to listen to him, and um, so yeah. So uh, that is that was way up there too, and we'll see how long that sticks around. But I think especially after all the you know Edwards and and uh, Wiggins comparisons as far as number one overall draft pick, you know, scoring and not much else and all these other, you know, uh, you know, parallels you can draw between them. It was nice to see Edwards kind of be the, the polar opposite of Andrew Wiggins when it came to, uh, you know, talking to the media and having an opinion and just being fun. Like, Andrew was never like that. He was nice and he was chill, but he was never, like, fun or said anything interesting, like, ever. He never had, like, a quote where you're just like, oh, that's interesting or I learned something there. No. Just like, no way. <laughs> so, yeah, we got to go with those. Um, um, and the next, Rubio's leadership and his straight talk, right? That was Those are things that we enjoyed this year, right? He did, after didn't really get it done on the floor. After but. game one, when we came back on those Detroit Pistons by switching to a oh, zone yeah. defense, zone. Ricky oh. in the post-game interview, <laughs> the game Saunders one zone. says, zone defense is what you do when your regular defense fails. When you can't play regular defense, then you have to resort to zone. So it was just Ricky being straight talk, like, I we can't it. play defense, so we had to fall on the defensive crutch <laughs> of one. zone. Yeah, And just throughout the season, Ricky being the sober, you know, not afraid to to tell you how it is kind of take saying we're not a good team and we're not playing like a good team you know and having the honesty to speak his mind about that but also yeah there's moments that's one of the one thing where I say a lot of people think oh we've been better off with James Johnson he's expiring right now or whatever you know the one good thing, the immeasurable aspect of Ricky Rubio is the leadership he brought. By all means, uh, Ant has said that Ricky is the best leader he's ever had in his life, you know. And so I don't know how much of that is just Ant being a good teammate and saying some great things. But obviously, Ricky was Ant's vet, and Ant had a great season. And so just like we can't you know, discount the coaching that has helped Ant have that good season, we can't discount the good leadership in the locker room. So Ricky, at the very least, it seems like you were a very good vet for Anthony Edwards. And if he ends up having a great NBA career, no small part of that will be to your leadership in his rookie year. So I thought that was pretty special. Yeah, I think it was huge. I mean, again, you can't really measure it, but you would think, you know, what if you had James Johnson? Let's say every other player was the same. It's like, okay, maybe Ed Davis is the vet or Towns or something, or maybe Russell. But James Johnson would be the vet and Ant would just fight people more. I know. I was just like, <laughs> this, I don't know. I think it really worked to have someone. Well, okay, so say it was one of those guys. Say it was Davis or James Johnson. They're probably not playing as much as like Rubio would like in this season. 
season. So no. I think it goes a long way. You know, let's say it was Ed Davis. It's like, cool, he's probably saying the right things too, but Ant's not seeing him on the floor getting it done or whatever. So I think to have a guy who's also in the starting lineup with you every single night uh, be your vet and be that guy I think is huge. So, yeah, even Rubio didn't have the season we kind of wanted him to or thought he might. Um, you know, some of this leadership stuff um, well, I think e- made up for It's easy it. to discount that stuff because it's not numbers on paper. You know, it's hard to measure it. But I just think the running joke has always been, you know, what player has ever come to the Timberwolves and been better during their stint with the Timberwolves? Yeah. And like, just like the rookies who have been good for the Timberwolves have succeeded despite the Timberwolves. I always think like it's harder to succeed in Minnesota than other places to get drafted to because we're not very good at player development. So to see Ant have amazing player development throughout the season, just like every month better player than he was the month before, to see that happen throughout the whole season, you're like something must have been going right with his development for once. And I think you know having a leader like Ricky is uh, probably attributes to that. Yeah, and then lastly, Chris Finch. Hired Chris Finch. Kind of a uh, weird moment because, uh, you know, it wasn't weird that they fired Saunders, but it was weird that the same night we found out that they already had the next guy all set. Right. So There was a little bit of discourse. It's like... People were saying it's like breaking up with your with your girlfriend and then going to a different table in the same restaurant and uh, having a date with someone new. Yeah, but it seemed to work out, and you know we liked how things ended in the year, and uh, you know it seems uh, this is this is uh, Rosas's guy. So now we're going to get the real stuff here. So I, I think, think what's so important is that you saw such a change right away. You know, yeah. If if he had come in and just done a little bit better than Ryan, and Ryan, maybe we go into this offseason and be like, do we make the right call? Should yeah. we have waited to get Vanterpool an interview or see who else is on? the market you know yeah. obviously terry Sots. you know if he ends up being fired that's a guy we could go and pick up you know kind of thing um for chris to just come in and change the culture right away i mean we saw it immediately in terms of his rotations and his lineups but by the end of the season he had this team playing 500 ball you know yeah and to have this team play hard in the final month of a lost season i can count on two fingers how many Timberwolves coaches I've ever seen do that you know like, that, that takes buy-in just same like, with it, that Russell stuff takes exactly. buy-in to have him uh, come off the bench and so for him to have that buy-in being like hey guys I know you've are you already checked out you know vacation you've had a book for a month this is our final like five games of a worthless season for us to win like three of those five to see our guys playing hard until the end of the season that's something I haven't that's seen cool. it's something I haven't seen you know yeah. and so I think that it just speaks volumes yeah that's notable He's on fire! All right, let's uh, talk overall now, just sort of where the franchise is, the state of the franchise. The season has happened. We just talked about some of the positives and negatives and all this stuff. But, uh, you know, how are we feeling now? Like, yeah, with, uh, with again, kind of how we talked about, you know, this team playing hard, running through the tape at the end. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's, that kind of let's thing. Let's lay it out a little bit, okay? So yeah. the beginning of the year, Glenn Taylor owner, Ryan Saunders coach. Wow. Uh, you know, we had we didn't know what we had with our rookie class. Yeah. And, you know, the idea was maybe if everything goes right, we can have like a top 10 offense. Yeah. We can maybe get the play in. Right. Yeah. That was kind of the hope. And, and now at the end of the season, fast forward, new ownership. You know, they haven't taken over yet, but the team is now officially, you know, being sold. And we got Crazy. a new coach, you know, a new kind of philosophy about what we're doing. And. You know, we lost more games than I think we thought, but at the oh, yeah. same time, I feel better about where we're at moving into next year than I had before. And I'm sure you saw the rumors, you know, there's some buzz this week about NBA expansion. I thought it could happen in the next several years. It seems like it might happen on the more near term end of that. 
And make, that, make back that pandemic money. Exactly. Apparently, there's a real urge to kind of, you know, <laughs> fix that. So yeah. as Glenn said, I just he didn't trust it. Glenn because yeah. he's usually wrong <laughs> about everything, you know. He's on that board of governors. He's, governor, he's not very right. Intel, and yeah. you would think that would make him more correct than yeah. he normally is, but he doesn't have a good record for that. But he might have been right here. And the rumored cities are obviously number one, Seattle, the number two, maybe Vegas. In those scenarios, two teams would have to move or one team would have to move to the Eastern Conference. I don't Conference. think they want teams to move, though. I think that's the Not thing. move cities, but have to move conferences. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Because if you've got two teams be two to the West. expansion teams. Yeah, yeah, then you need to move a team to the East. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Timberwolves are one of the top two or three candidates to move to the Eastern Conference, which I joked about. Uh, We've been saying it for years. Yeah. So I just think Lots the state of, of the franchise have. now is we have a team that's playing hard for the coach, playing hard till the end of the season. We've got a rookie who, if not the rookie of the year, definitely gives us hope that he's going to be the best player in this rookie class. You know, it definitely seems like a future all-star and a coach who really seems to know what he's doing. So I think the state of the franchise is uh, better than we could have hoped it would be at the beginning of the season. Yeah, there's certainly a, you know, another you know fork of this where maybe, yeah, they do get that you know ninth, 10th, 8th seed or something like that, and we're kind of ha- more happy about this year of how, how it went on the floor, but maybe the future is still kind of murky or other things didn't really happen or, yeah, Ryan's still around or whatever. So it could have happened differently and we would have still been, you know, pretty, you know, pretty excited. Um, but yeah, this is certainly, you know, the way this year went and the development that happened and the young guys that really popped again are, you know, three of our four biggest surprises were, you know, you know, rookies or second year players, I think Nas third year or whatever. So, you know, that that's really great to see. And the, you know, the problem is, you know, youth doesn't really win in this league and, you know, you have yeah. to do it consistently. We did have things, one of the so. youngest rosters in the league, yeah. maybe the youngest when we came yeah. into the season. So that's definitely one of those things where it's like, okay, we have some players. It's not like a rookie situation for Anthony where he's expected to be the best player because he's coming to a team with D'Angelo Russell and Cat and Beasley and some guys who are going to demand the touches more. But uh, we still ended up being that super young team. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, I've got some confidence in the young guys. And that's always, you know, gives you a little bit of hope going forward as well. And plus, I think the big mystery coming into the season, the million dollar question is we've put all these we've moved to heaven and earth to get D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns on the same team we did not get to see them play together last year and then it seemed like we weren't going to get them to see them play together this year what torture you know we were like 50 games in the season being like are we ever going to see these guys they played the five games together in like a year and a half that they've been on the same team and you know there's a lot riding on the question of will they work together and so far winning record when Cat and D'Lo share the floor so you know that's another aspect that would you know give fans hope that they didn't have coming into the season is they're like you know what we've seen D'Lo on cat play together and it's a success yeah that definitely was good and now they've probably played what 25 games together 30 games together maybe we're getting up there but um yeah, I also kind of want to pump the brakes a little bit here, though, as far as, you know, I feel like we can get fooled here by, you know, the the wins in the end of the year. And, you know, we did play some actually good teams, as we talked about recently. They were real wins. They weren't necessarily all wins against tanking, tanking teams and stuff like that. But at the same time, I think, again, like uh, our straight talker Rubio said, like in some of his exit interviews, like, you know, sort of, you know, uh, hope and, and sort of a short burst of winning or uh, is not the same thing as, you know, having consistency throughout the year. And um, you what know, was the team we played right before Detroit? Because we played two games at the end Orlando, of the season. Orlando, yeah, Orlando and Detroit, where they had rested ten of their best players. Yeah. Like there were some tanking. There teams were some of those in there. Yeah, where it was like and it's all rookies we're playing tonight, and we're beating them handedly. But I, I believe all the stuff we've been saying about Chris Finch looks good. Towns and Russell look good together. We got these young guys who are growing, but it's still I don't know. I don't want I don't want to like think of this like last like month as like oh this means the Wolves are you know for sure going to make the playoffs next year or something 
something like that. Like it certainly bodes well, but at the same time, there's going to be a lot of change in in the in the NBA this summer. A lot of, a lot of roster changes, a lot of things yet to come. Everything looks pretty good, but I don't think it's going to translate right away to like, oh yeah, this is now the team has finally made it here. So oh, yeah. I, I think it's it's also good to have a little bit of uh, you know a little bit of you know uh, just like chilling here on this one, like relax a little bit. But. I don't think you have to tell Tim Rolls fans to pump the brakes on optimism because I feel like we feel naturally like do that. At the end of we the naturally do that. Though. Yeah, I mean, there's but even then, we're not. We never get so optimistic that we're like number five seed next year. Yeah, it's not, but you know, you're going to see like playing tournament next year again, for sure. I, I like it, but the whole like D'Lo and Towns having a winning record stuff, like. That's good, but I, I think you can get too carried away with that and like extrapolate that out to mean they're above a 500 team. Sure, it's sure. like, well, they need more help than that. They're probably no. going to need more. But, you know, I would say the optimist aspect of that is, yeah, this team's going to look different next year, obviously, because we're losing coaches right now, you know, and that means Chris Finch yeah. will be able to bring in his team, have a whole summer, implement his plan, implement his system, all things that should be good. But you're right. It's it's way too early to tell, and as we get into predict it's, I will tell you I've you know got some theories about what next year's team might look like. All right, so. well you got me excited for that predict it's coming up uh, shortly. But first, let's get to uh, sponsor time here, and uh, it's that special time of the year where we need to uh, shout out uh, our past sponsors from this season. Just remind you of uh, the wonderful businesses that we'd like you to go out there and support over the summer. Don't forget about these uh, these wonderful people because you know what they paid us to talk. about about they're the reason. The they're the reason Wolf's cast is still still here, go, still going strong. It's the longest running Timberwolves podcast ever. Um, okay, let's get it started here, Scott. Uh, we're going to go chronologically and just uh, quickly shout out all these uh, wonderful sponsors. Yeah, first up, first week, Timberwolves trigger warning. It's an app that lets you know if you should be warned of that. You're in for a disappointing end to a game. That's right. Then we had uh, extra wide headbands. Kind of speaks for itself. There is a trend that maybe has fizzled out a little bit of you know the the headband that aren't your standard headbands. They collect more sweat than you would think. Yeah, then the NBA came up with some wacky COVID protocols and they decided the best way to spread the message was to pay us to tell you about all these new updated COVID protocols. Oh my gosh, thank goodness we have a new president in the United States of America and that means it's okay uh, to go celebrate a championship and see the president in the White House once again. Shout out to the 46th president of the United States. Who could forget the Anthony Edwards Steph Curry fan club? That's right, the only Steph Curry fan club run by Anthony Edwards. He's a big fan. Wolves cast the complete collection. Don't forget about that uh, box set. Okay, you can get uh, you can get all of our episodes, all First of our stuff. You know? Oh, the, yeah, we big we, landmark. We, we hit the 150 um, spot this year, so we wanted to commemorate that with an amazing merch offering. Uh, so yeah, go get the box set. Of course, we have uh, Crunch's Slam and Shovel service. Lord knows we wouldn't have been able to get out of our driveways without Crunch. <laughs> Corner threes. This corner threes. It's a great tune. It's an even better shot. That's right. It's the shot for me. It's a corner three. Well, of course, sad to, sad to say, frequent sponsor Saunders Style had a going out of business sale. We brought you the deets about that going out of business sale. Saunders Style. Recollection reversal was, uh, you know, a little uh, little way that you can uh, forget some of those memories. Very that, experimental uh, drugs, but you yeah, know be what? Be careful. Why not try it out? Of course, Timberwolves OnlyFans. It's for the OnlyFans of the Timberwolves, you know? Yeah, we had Bally Sports North, the new uh, new provider of uh, Timberwolves action on your cable, uh, cable service. That's right. And once again, every year, the Timberwolves seem to have some very crazy out-of-the-box promotions. Once again, they decided to sponsor us so we could tell you all about them. Listen, we started as a podcast, but we have expanded 
adapted into a podcast network. We have dozens of shows all about the Timberwolves. One show is not enough. Please check out the Timberwolves, excuse me, the Wolves Cast Podcast Network. Also, we brought to you the new 48-minute energy for those Ooh. afternoon games where you can't seem to bring it. Got to turn to 48-minute energy. Arby's, everybody loves Arby's. Enough said. Also, we had the replay review shows. That's right, Timberwolves pioneering entertainment during the lengthy replay reviews. And then finally, last week, uh, Timberwolves season ticket perks. So many, uh, so many reasons to get uh, season ticket memberships. You guys, the Wolves, the new ownership—they're going to bring in uh, lots of new uh, cutting-edge um, ideas. And the new concepts. technology, Mark Laurie promised, like Ooh, VR stuff. And happening. Got to listen to last week's episode to get all the details. So thank you to all of our past sponsors from this season for their. Uh, support of Wolfcast. We'll see you guys uh, next year. Hopefully some of these uh, companies re-up for for next season, Scott. I I really hope that's the case. Yeah, can't wait to see them. Onward to Predict It. We'll predict it. Before we get to our new predictions, we got to run down some of these old predictions. We got old predictions that uh, that uh, we did. These are some of that's these- right. We don't just make predictions; we hold ourselves responsible. Oh, yeah. We follow up on them. Um, so some of these these first four are from earlier in the season, and then uh, we had some ones that we gave kind of at the midway point of the season uh, with Jake uh, Jake's graphs uh, right there. So um, let's go. Let's get the let's get the right and wrong pulled up here. Okay. Um, so I predicted that Rubio will be traded at the trade deadline. That didn't happen. The Wolves hung on to him. They didn't trade anybody. Anybody? Right? <laughs> no, there was nobody no signed changes. to the roster. It was they just same, cut Ashton Higgins. Same fifteen it. players from beginning of the season to the end of the season. Remarkable consistency from the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. All right, I predicted that the Wolves would not have another positive COVID test before the trade deadline. Apparently, well, I should <laughs> yep. the buzzer. Nothing official, but we're going to say I didn't get this right because J-Mac missed eight games. He was in the protocol from March 11th to March 26th. Who knows? He might he might not have had it, but he couldn't play. So yeah. kind of the same thing. So we're going to put a no on that one. Almost no. I think it maybe was even like league mandated. You couldn't like say that a guy had COVID or whatever. Oh, like yeah, the only way we knew was by like HIPAA a player saying yeah. it. So. Okay. Um, all right. I, I guess that uh, – Van- excuse me, I predicted that Vanderbilt uh, would start more games uh, the rest of the way than Hernan Gomez. And uh, that one hit. That one paid um, right there. So uh, Vanderbilt uh, started 30 games and Hernan Gomez only started six. This was kind of a contract. Controversial one at the time. Well, I was kind of these going are on our beginning there. of the season predictions. These yeah, are. Our I don't think it's preseason, but it, yeah, you're right. It, it was, was it started the, the first season. few weeks. Yeah. So yeah, obviously that uh, you know by mid season we had a feeling like oh yeah that makes sense, but it was bold at the time you made it, Neil. Thank you. All right, and my uh, final of our oldest predictions, I said Ryan Rhino is going to make it through the season. He made it till February 21st, everybody. <laughs> In the shortened season. So he made it about a month and a half. That's right. Things got too bad. I think he went like 7 and 24 or something like that. And, that and some was, of those losses that were point. us coming on here being like, do you even want to watch the Timberwolves anymore, yeah. Neil? Like that was discussion points for us <laughs> for how bad some of those losses were getting. All right. Our next predictions uh, were Remember, from... Remember, like there's these segments of the season. Like first segment of the season is yeah. like... Towns is out, so it's D'Lo and Malik trying to do everything. Then the second segment of the season is like, Malik's there, D'Lo's gone, it's the Ant and Malik show. But there was this chunk of our season where it was like, every game we're down by 20 points, 
in the first half. And then can we come back? You know, it was just like the blowout. Section. Yeah. The blowout section. That was the Ryan's the end of the Ryan tenure section. So, so this, uh, these next predictions were from, uh, kind of mid season. I believe this show happened like first week of March. So Saunders had been fired, but it had not yet been, um, uh, it was like the first three games of the Chris Finch era it was not yet the all-star break. Um, so my prediction was Anthony Edwards will lead all rookies in scoring. And I uh, got that one right, right there. Edwards uh, led all with the 19.3 points per game. Ball had 15.7, and Halliburton had 13 points per game. Ooh, good prediction. I said that Chris Finch's coaching record would be 0-13 before he got his first win. I decided that was going to be the March 26-27. Home back-to-back against the Rockets would be his first win. By the way... Still to this day, I do not know what happened at the end of that first Rockets game. They were killing us for three and a half quarters. Then John Wall decides to take 18 shots in a row and misses like all of them. There's a reason they have the worst record in the the league. The most blatant attempt of tanking ever, and yet it was all on John Wall. Like it was insane. Um, But thankfully for Chris Finch, uh, I got that one wrong. (laughs) He got his first win on March 11th at the Pelicans. We talked about that. He lost his first five games before getting the win. Neil, we talked on the show, would Chris Finch ever have a positive NBA coaching record? He is at 16 and 25 right now. So he's, right. he's got a 390. <laughs> his, his winning percentage is about the exact same as the franchise's right Maybe now. Maybe next historically. year. Historically. <laughs> so I, I, I'm more optimistic for Chris Finch's chance of yeah. having a winning coaching record than I was when I made that prediction. Nice. Uh, Jake guessed uh, the Wolves will lose a game by 50 points or more. That didn't happen. Uh, the largest margin of defeat was 36. That was game three at uh, Los Angeles Lakers after Towns was injured. So, I remember that game. Yeah. That was a bad game. Yeah. Um, and then I, I predicted that D'Angelo Russell will not play the rest of the year. I thought they were just going to shut him down and uh, kind of go the tanking route. But no, no, no. He uh, he came on back and uh, played the final 22 games of the season and uh, played well at that, too. So I was wrong there. I predicted that the Wolves would open up a limited number of seating, but they won't even be able to sell out of even a limited number of tickets because this is the Timberwolves. They have bad attendance numbers. This one's hard to know, but I'll still count it as a no. I feel like, again, it was like it was probably like a thousand seats or less. It was a really low number, and I think they could hit it. I was trying to get tickets in the last week, and they wouldn't let me even go. Like It would say, like, no, this game sold out. So they sold out some of those last games for sure, but you know, still a really low number, but the joke was they wouldn't be able to do it. It was more of a joke than a prediction, <laughs> definitely. And then finally, uh, yeah. Jake's final prediction from our episode with him. He said the Wolves will not finish with the worst record in the NBA. And that, uh, I've been being told, is correct. <laughs> we right. finished with the sixth worst record. Really jumped the charts. All right, time to make predictions. Some new predictions here uh, for what will happen this summer. Some off-season predictions. And uh, I'll get us started here by predicting that Anthony Edwards will not win Rookie of the Year. And I don't think it will be close. I think uh, people kind of made their decision, uh, rightfully or wrongfully, uh, already that, uh, you know, uh, LaMelo Ball uh, was uh, was the best rookie. I, I would vote him um, as well, uh, number one. I but wouldn't. to me, it was, uh, it was definitely close. Uh, you know, so I think Edwards could be the best player um, out of the two long term. But I think for this season, um, you know, Ball did enough. And I, think, I disagree. Uh, uh, yeah, but we're, we're talking about. Uh, yes, we're talking about the voters here, Scott. Listen. And uh, I think they're all going to go Ball in somewhat of a landslide. But Edwards will definitely be on the first It has team. been a landslide. I've seen the early re- returns. Coming oh, in. Okay, it yeah. is. It's like 30 first place votes for Ball, three for Ant. Okay. Like it's a blowout. It's like you just said. I actually think Edwards does deserve to win Rookie of the Year over wow. Ball. That would be my vote, and I'm not just a homer pick. I've got the stats to back it, but we'll keep moving on now, Neil. Yeah. You know, 
I don't have to rehash the arguments <laughs> that have been made. Yes. So uh, my prediction is Gerson Rosas said in an interview the other week, to have a good NBA team, you need about eight players you can really count on. And he feels like we have five of those right now. Those Ooh. five are Cat, D'Lo, Ant, Beasley, and Jaden McDaniels. Never really got a nickname that Jaden McDaniels. We tried, you know. Gumby. Yet to come. Sunken-eyed killer. A lot of yeah. season, a lot of career ahead I of think him. most likely uh, J-Mac's gone next season, then he can become J-Mac. He will become the rightful J-Mac. J-Mac, yeah. probably. A little, a little lazy, but, you know, hopefully we can come up yeah. with something better. Uh, but my prediction is one of our core five won't return. I think it's easy Ooh. to be like, yeah, I can't wait for another season of this player or this player. But I just think we've seen with Rosas, you know, that guy is not afraid to make a deal. So it wouldn't surprise me if one of our five big ones, I mean, I think it might be something more like fan favorite Nas Reed or Jared Vanderbilt don't make it back next season. But I think I decided to make it spicy and say one of our yeah, top five. Beasley Kat, or Russell. D'Lo, Ant, Beasley, Jaden. One of them will not be on the team next season. I think Beasley and Russell in that order are uh, the most likely there. Mm-hmm. Um, nice one there. That one's bold. All right. Uh, my next one is uh, I predict that uh, Leandro Bamaro will come over to play for the Wolves uh, next season. So yeah, I think he'll be uh, he'll be in a Timberwolves uniform, maybe even for summer league. But we'll see. Um, you you know, know, some people thought. I said this was Rosas thinking ahead because he knows he doesn't have a draft pick this summer. Yeah, he said as much. So with, he said uh, this Doogie. is kind of like yeah. getting a rookie for next year. Yep, they set themselves up, stashed a guy, you know, so they could bring in a young guy. Yeah, that was kind of the quote that made me think. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's the plan. But hey, may, who knows? Maybe they will find a way to trade into this draft. But I think it would have to really fall into their laps because it sounds like what you're saying. They're thinking they already have their 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 pick from this year, yeah. and it's it's Balmoro. So sure. um, I don't think they'll they'll try too hard to get into this uh, first round if they don't get their own uh, pick here. Well, so, that brings yeah. me to my prediction, Neil. The Wolves will have a Whoa. pick in the first round of this draft, and I don't think it's going to be our own. I'm not saying we're going to hit that. But that will count, too. It will count. If we have <laughs> so a, this we, is a good pick. We have a 27% shot yes, of keeping yes. our own pick. Not bad odds. You know, gamblers out there know you, you might you might put a little money on a 27% shot. Yeah. But I have a prediction that regardless of whether we keep our own pick, Gerson's going to find a way back into the first round. Maybe he just trades our, our couple seconds that we have to move mm-hmm. up into late first round. Maybe he decides, like I said, to move Nas Reed or something and uh, you know get a pick for it, get back into the late first round. Either way, I think that regardless of whether we keep our pick, the Timberwolves will be selecting a player in the first round of this upcoming draft. All right, there you go. Those are our predictions for some things that might happen this summer. Let us know on Twitter at WolvesCast uh, what you predict will happen and uh yeah tell us can... your prediction for what uh cat's hair is going to be like next season <laughs> or delos or maybe even ant ant hasn't had a big hairdo uh, do he you think let it, it grow he let it year. grow i love yeah. it i love it yeah. well, but i think it's time that he does some he gets a signature style for next season we'll see i agree all right onward to weekly wolfies now presenting your weekly wolfies all right, Neil. I kind of did a yearly Wolfie. I know nice. that's you know weekly Wolfies is great. It's a good time I, I, to do it. I love drilling into something very specific from the past seven days. Yes, you know? yes. But I thought you know this is a season review show. Maybe I should do a season review Wolfie, and you know it allows me to recognize some guys who are just kind of too general for me to go into any specificity on any s- single week. But I was thinking pretty much what we were talking about with the state of the franchise. Man, isn't it fun to win? You know, try hard till the end of the season. Isn't it fun to like be winning some of your final games to be watching and have some hope for next season have this momentum have players instead of players being like i can't wait to get away from this team and not think about them for a few months cat and d-lo are saying like our offseason has already started we're already thinking about next season you know just being like really like we were winning we were 
clicking, everything was going good, and we wanted to keep the momentum. So you get for summer. trying at the end, right? That's that's the difference. It was if a you new were tanking, experience. you wouldn't have those quotes. It was a new experience for me, Neil, and I greatly enjoyed it. So yeah. I want to give a shout out uh, to um, Chris Finch in particular for getting his guys to play that way, but also Ant. I think that those two guys, just like when I look back at the season, the things that I love the most, responsible for it was Ant and Chris Finch. So this come my yearly Wolfie, those two are going to share it uh, for playing hard till the end of the season, making this team go into the offseason with more hope than I've had yeah. for several seasons. Probably Rosas, too. You know, he said it on that Doogie interview, too, of just like, you know, just like, yeah, we want to be we want to be about this. We have to change our culture. You know what I mean? And it does seem a little, uh, you know, a little cliche to say that thing, but it actually makes a lot of sense of like, hey, if you have a winning culture, you don't tank at the end of these games. That's so. right. Every, every game matters. And, yeah. and for once, we actually played like it totally all right my uh my final wolfie of the year uh goes to um someone who is uh someone i've gotten to know over the last few years covering the links and uh as we know the Lynx season is off and running as we record this uh they're playing their third game of the season so still very early oh and two to this point but uh i had the pleasure of um watching uh watching the second game is on the road um or sorry excuse me it's actually the first game is the home game and um right now Press is not uh, going to to Lynx games, but in the last few years, I was pretty much at every Lynx game as a member of the press, and so I can never hear the radio broadcast of uh, uh, someone I consider to be my friend, Sloan Martin. She is uh, she's very good at her job, and she in 2019 took over for John Fokey as the Lynx, uh, the voice of the Lynx basketball on the radio. She traveled with the team. The Lynx were the last team in the WNBA to have a traveling um, radio person along with them, and uh, that. That is no more of this season, unfortunately. There's no more Lynx radio, but Sloan is still working and doing like simulcast calls of Lynx games. So basically the games that are not on FSN, um, Sloan Martin is your voice. So if you watch them on League Pass, sometimes it'll be simulcast. The WNBA has so many broadcast partners, which is great, but it's also like confusing. Sometimes they're on like CBS Sports. You know, they have games on like Amazon and and, and different stuff like that this year. And so in those situations, they just have, uh, they kind of have a, you know, they'll just take the broadcast from somebody else and put it on. So if you're watching uh, Lynx games this year, um, especially those home games, you will be hearing Sloan, and she's just so good at her job. I never heard her call before since I was always at the games, and then she wouldn't call the away games. You know, I just listen to the broadcast. So um, she's really good, really well prepared, and has to do a one woman booth. I can't imagine that doing it solo, doing the play by play, and filling in with little anecdotes and fun stuff too. So I think she's really good at her job, and uh, she also works at WCCO Radio as well. So um, check out Sloan on Twitter, and then yeah, when you're watching Links this year, if uh, it's a home game and it's not marnie it's probably gonna be sloan so uh enjoy listening to her and uh check out the link you know one more reminder one more links plug uh before we get out of here for wolves guys this year so uh, make sure you're watching the links this summer hopefully they turn things around all, all right. right yep that does it and it's time to play one more game uh to end out this season of wolves cast Scott, I'm so excited. What's it gonna be? What's what are we doing Do you have today? Any guesses? Um, maybe like a like a a, a game on. Uh, hmm, actually, I, I, I don't really have it. It could go in so many ways. I could see you like pulling questions from across the across the season, or I could see maybe like a, a quiz about uh, you know tanking tanking Timberwolves right, teams right. or something. What, what are we doing? Well, Neil, uh, you know you. 
Had a pretty good year with the games, but of course, <laughs> you got some questions wrong. So oh, I'm going to give you a second chance. We've done this before. A second questions. chance. I pulled a lot of them. We're running out of time, so I'm going to cut it down significantly. Wow. So these second are... chance time. Let's see if I learned my lesson. Exactly. We usually do this, right? I can't believe I forgot this. All right. So early on in the season, Neil is quizzing you about Ed Davis. He won an NCAA championship at UNC. Okay. Which former wolf was his teammate? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this Timberwolf has worn two different numbers for the franchise, and his nickname is the Man with the Golden Arm. I feel like I guessed uh, Rashad McCants the first time around, and I think it was now that now I think I'm I'm thinking it is uh, Wayne Ellington. Is it Ellington? Two jerseys makes you think it's Ellington. That's right. There we you got go. it this time. There we go. All right, Neil. How do you pronounce Wancho's last name? Oh, um, man, I guess I thought I had it right all along, but Hernan uh, uh, Gomez? Nan? Is that right? Nan, not Nan? It's Hernan Hair. Oh, my gosh. Hernan Gomez. Hernan? Hernan. Hernan. Hernan Gomez. Yep. Hair. Yeah. And we were saying it wrong on the podcast today, so yeah, of course. an H-E-R. All right, Neil. Ant has joined this list, but at the beginning of the season, I asked you, how many current Wolves players have scored 30 in an NBA game? And at the time, I think the answer was just Towns, uh, Russell, and uh, maybe Beasley. But you're saying, what is the answer now that no, he's no. doing? I said Ant is now on the list, so I'm just wondering, you know. Actually, now, including Ant, Towns, Russell, and who else have you said? Beasley? And Beasley. So it's, Is that your final I answer? I guess, uh, who else scored 30 in a game? Um, oh, yeah, I think Wancho did it once. So uh, what's that up to now, five? That would be five. That's five. I'll guess five. I'll go with five. Got, ah. You got the number right, not the right player though. Oh, okay. Ricky Rubio has Dang. had a 30 oh, point game. I think I missed him first time around too. Yep, yeah, you did. Let's get the number right. Yep, that's right. All right, Neil, how many Wolves players have names that start with the letter J? Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, boy, it's like five or six. Jeez. Uh, we have Jordan McLaughlin. We have uh, Jaden McDaniels. Mm-hmm. We have um, we have uh, uh, we have uh, uh, Mr. Noel. Mm-hmm. We have uh, uh, don't tell me. We have uh, <laughs> uh, Jalen Noel. Uh, we have Jared Vanderbilt. We have Jarrett Culver. That's five. And um, Juancho Hernan Gomez is six. And uh, I think Jake Lehman is seven. <laughs> And is that it? I think I stick. We're gonna stick with. I think we're gonna stick with seven. Let's go seven. That's ah. correct. You got him. You only said four the first time. <laughs> seven, seven J's. It's the team of the J's, man. Just gotta count them out. You use your hands. All right, let's do two more. Neil, who has had more forty-point games in their career, not counting this season because I didn't add it in. You know, but has had more forty-point games in their career, Cat or Dilo? So this is one I got wrong. Yes, this is one I got wrong before. And I probably, I don't remember this one at all, I gotta say. But now I'm like reverse psychology myself. I probably said Towns. Or did I? And it was probably Russell. So I'll, I'll say the answer is Russell. I'll say the answer is Russell. Dang it. Oh, twice in a row. Talked yourself out of it both Dang times. Dang it. <laughs> Towns had eight. D'Lo had five. I know Towns has had another 40 in the season, so his number has gone up. Yeah. Don't Russell, know if Russell maybe had one, too. Yeah, so. maybe. Yeah. All right, Neil. Uh, we did a spelling bee. Actually, here's a quick question I think you'll get quickly. Who were our four guests that we had on this uh, oh, season? Oh, yeah. I'm not including Rob because he's a co-host. Right, right, right. He doesn't count. Our four guests, um, you know, we had uh, we had Kyle Teige. Yep. We, had, uh, we had Jake Kelly. Yeah. We had uh, Dave Benz. That's right. And then our other one was our very good friend, 
Um, another uh, Canis Hoopus contributor. Was it John Meyer? It was. All right, was there we go. It was okay. a season recap. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. so on our episode ago, with John Kyle, Meyer. we did a spelling bee. Neil, you got four names wrong. Uh, you couldn't spell Jared Vanderbilt. His first name has two R's. Tom Gugliata. <laughs> Wally Serbiak, those are tough ones. Googs but Neil, so I'm going to give you a second chance at spelling Gorgie Jane for us. Okay, I'm back on my. I'm back on this one. Gorgie, G O R G U I. Yes. Jang, D I E N G. I was tripping the first time around. I was like, Yeah, you had like a real. I had like, a J. I think moment. I had a J. Yes, I definitely yeah. did. And I think I'll just say I'll just chalk it up to Gorgie not being around anymore. That's true. I haven't had to type it out recently. Uh, I was telling you, I watched that playing game, and I was like, Gorgie's Gorgie. on the Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> I was so wow. excited when he came in. There we go. Like, oh, Gorgie, I miss you. And hey, if anyone in the San Antonio area sees like a Dick Sporting Goods sale on Fiesta jerseys Ooh, with Gorgie's name, I, I will that. pay you. I will pay shipping. Just let Let's me know. Go, yeah. I'm on the Gorgie Jane Fiesta jersey. Please, let's make it happen. Awesome, right? Well, I got I got back some of those. Yes, that's right. Redemption. Hard to get them all, but uh, thank you, Scott, for putting it, putting together the game all season long, except for oh, yeah. one episode when I gave you the game. What a joy. So we got to get back to doing some of those. Scott, the trivia master here. Um, all right, that does it. We have wrapped up this uh, episode of Wolves Cast, the season recap show, and we've wrapped up another season, Scott. Wow. 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 We did Good it. Old. We are at 160. 63 episodes. I think this is our fifth season or sixth season. season. Let me check. Can't really remember, but we've been doing a lot of years and uh, we got to say thank you to everybody who tunes in every single week. Or if this is your first episode, hey, we're saying thank you to you as well. Thanks to Canis Hoopis. Thanks for having us on. Obviously, every single week. Thanks to the awesome contributors that we named who've been on the pod this, this season. We Love you all. We love our fans. Thanks for everyone who's written us mailbag questions or submitted ideas all season long. People who follow us at Wolvescast or on Instagram at WolvescastPod. Leave comments, retweets, share. Because the main thing that grows us, we are not good advertisers. We're not good <laughs> self-promoters. So we rely on word of mouth a lot. And yeah. every new listener we get, we, we chalk it up to you guys. So thank you for listening all season long. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it. And also, even if you weren't here, we'd still be doing this. Though. It's <laughs> yeah. not like you're making this happen. We're sick. We are sick individuals. We're going to do this if no one listens. That's right. We so like, you can bet we'll be back next season. We like it too much. Yeah, we will be back next season. We'll be back uh, occasionally throughout the summer. We usually like to pop in whenever news happens, yep. whenever uh, drafts or trades or free agency or, uh, you know, whatever. Whatever it might be. New Jersey's. Uh, Lottery's <laughs> only a month away. That's right. So you never know when uh, you might find a Wolvescast episode in your feed this summer. We'll keep it if going. If you've gone through the feed a few times, you know, listen to every episode five yeah, or six times, times, and you're still you're still missing us check out Lynx dynasty that oh. is uh neil in the offseason hosts go. the Lynx podcast at canis hoopus writes for canis hoopus so th- never a better time to jump on the Lynx bandwagon very exciting team this season collier's coming back that's right things are gonna change next week so, it's gonna yeah. be so good so uh if you if you miss hearing neil's voice check that out it's all summer long yep Lynx basketball is where it's at when timberwolves end the Lynx pick it up that's how your fandom should roll you guys but yes thanks so much for another great year uh, you'll be hearing from us this summer. And, uh, oh, hey, one more thing. If you want to play pickup basketball this year, we need some more people in our group. So if you play five-on-five five and you're not that good, then... Uh, and you're vaccinated. <laughs> and you're vaccinated. Uh, hit, hit us up in the DMs because we play in Bloomington um, every week on average. So we can, we'd can. we love to add you to the group. So, yeah, if you're a baller, male or female, come on out. Um, I would re- really prefer slow people. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of the slowest people. So Out if, of shape, if, slow people. If Or you could be in shape. In shape and Laps, quick, ballers. but as long as you choose to jog very slowly, yeah. you're very much welcome. 
Yeah, I like that. So yeah, let us know. We can uh, we can ball together this summer. That'd be lots of fun. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back this summer with some occasional episodes. And uh, yeah, then we'll see you uh, next fall for more Timberwolves basketball. Watch the links over the summer. And to keep up with us at WolvesCast on Twitter. Thanks for a great season, everybody. Goodbye. Anst will leap to escape a predator, and Edwards hung in the air for quite a while after that leap. Anst never <laughs> rests outside the nest, and he is keeping it going tonight. The largest ant colony in the world is 3,100 miles long. Ants will spoil your picnic, Salt Lake. Defense have wings. I need to get out of the way of the ant fact. I, I really apologize for that, ladies and gentlemen. Whenever there is an Anthony Edwards steal, I just need to lay out so Benz can get the ant fact in there. Solenopsis molesta. That is Latin for the thief ants. They actually do exist. Oh, Jim Peterson, the bulldog ant is the most dangerous on earth. It's an ant fact. I don't know how I could use it, so I'm just going to drop it. (laughs) There is a certain species of ants. They're able to shrink and then grow their brains. Ants have compound eyes. He saw that all the way. Eat what they kill! Ants are most active at night, so Edwards, no (laughs) doubt, liking this 8 o'clock tip. I like that one. Ants eat 30% of their body weight every day, and Anthony Edwards is just eating up the Dallas Mavericks tonight. Edwards steps back, and it's a bug's life! Ants can kill, and Anthony Edwards is trying to help the Wolves finish off the Mavericks here tonight. He's got 16. The fastest ant on the planet, if it was human-sized, it's a Saharan ant. Right. If it was human-sized, it could run 450 miles an hour. Well, ants live 30 years, and Anthony Edwards has 30 points. And ants do have superhuman strength, Jim. He is lifting the wolves right now. The whole thing with the ant facts. After that Watanabe dunk, I realized this kid is so special. I got to come up with something special for him. I like to keep the calls organic, but, you know, it was, it was, I needed to come up with something for Anthony Edwards. He does something so amazing all the time. And I didn't know if Ant Facts would be, would be something people would like or not. It seems like most people do.